Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. What a day to be in church, whether you're online, at our Tauranga service, here in the auditorium. So pumped to be in church with you. Are you excited with who you're sitting next to? Come on, are you, are you pleased with your choice of who you sat next to? It's wet and wild outside. You can snuggle up a little bit. Come on, Jono. Hey, hey. Snuggle up a little bit. Can we give our team a huge, huge hand? I love every week, week in, week out, lead us in worship. They are amazing. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, we have a new addiction at our house. Uh, I have, for those of you who don't know, I have a 12-year-old son, and his addiction to Lego almost sent me broke and insane all at the same time. Uh, but we have a new addiction in our house. It's Rubik's Cubes. And what I didn't know is there are dozens and dozens and dozens of different types of Rubik's Cubes. So um, my wife went to the fount of all knowledge, Google, uh, YouTube, and discovered how to do the Rubik's Cube. So her and my son went on this mission to figure out how to solve a Rubik's Cube. She's at about 8 minutes 47, and he's down to 47 seconds. I think his best time is 47 seconds on a Rubik's Cube to solve it from nothing to done. So he had a birthday recently, so we got him like three or four different types of Rubik's Cubes. Check this one out. This one. Changes shape. And you've got to get it back. He'll be horribly disappointed because this one, he's at eight minutes and I've just messed the whole thing up. Uh, but I remember the morning we gave it to him, he sat there and he went to Google to try and figure it out. And he spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out. I walked past his room and this one's down and this one's picked back up. I'm like, bud, what are you doing? He's like, I'm hanging it up. I'm done. I can't do this. I'm, I'm quitting. It's, it's too hard. It's too difficult. I'm out. I'm like, bud, we don't quit. He's like, well, you don't, but I do. <laughs> Spirit of your mother, get out in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm not looking that way. I walked past his room a few hours later, and he's picked it back up, and he's going for it. And I heard the Holy Spirit in that moment drop something in that spirit. Too many Christians have given up on something that the Lord's called you to have dominion over, called you to be on top of, but because it's too hard and because it's too tough, we've laid it down. Psalm 137 verse 1 says this, Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them in the branches of the poplar tree. From our captors, they demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs from Jerusalem, our captors said. But we replied, how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a pagan, or New King James Version says, in a strange land? This is a powerful picture of a group of people who used to be in a place of comfort. They used to be in a place that they were familiar with. They loved worshiping in Jerusalem because in Jerusalem, there was the temple. In Jerusalem, there was the choir. In Jerusalem, there was a familiar surrounding, but they find themselves having been taken captive by Babylonians. They're sitting on the edge of a river, about to cross a river to go into captivity for hundreds of years, and they knew it was going to be a 
long captivity. And in that moment, they made a decision to hang up their harps. I quit. Do you know what that represents? They were hanging up their worship. In those days, the most popular instrument to worship to was a heart. They made a decision to hang their harp on the poplar tree. You know, in the Bible, a poplar tree is always typified of sorrow and sadness. They hung their harps. And you know, today's challenge is no different. The enemy has the same strategy that he would get us to a place of discomfort, a place of the unknown, a place where we would ask questions like, God, why me? Why, why is this happening? Why aren't you showing up? And we would in a, be in a place that we don't quite understand. And the enemy's goal is that we would hang up our worship because he knows our worship is a weapon to get us through whatever it is that we're going through. That we would hang up. See, the enemy, Lucifer, his name, was the worship leader of heaven. And he knows the power of worship more than any of us. He knows that if he can get us to give up our worship, we've given up the greatest offensive thing we have and we become defensive. We go from the front foot to the back foot if we give up our worship. I believe the most potent weapon we have is worship. No wonder the enemy wants us to acquiesce and give up our worship so that we become a slave to the circumstance we live in because when I worship, I rise above circumstance. I rise above challenge. I declare God's truth over my reality and I begin to walk into a different picture of the future. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says this, but you, turn to the person next to you and say you, turn to your second choice, I don't know why, and say you also, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. I don't care what you feel like. The Bible says you are God's special possession. You going through challenge. You who messed up this week. You who didn't get it all right. Welcome to the club. You are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. You know that word priest means bridge builder. You and I are called to build a bridge between earth's reality and heaven's promise. You and I are called to build a bridge between what is going on in the natural and what God wants to do in the supernatural. Do you know why we take time to worship? you know why we take time to pray? you know why we take time to declare healing? Because that's building a bridge between what's going on in the natural and declaring what God sees in the supernatural, and we build a bridge. You know what worship is? It's the greatest bridge between my reality and God's truth. In the midst of sickness, I can declare you heal. In the midst of brokenness, I can declare you are over my life. We can build a bridge with worship. I want to ask us a question. Have we hung up our harps? Have we compartmentalized worship to 25 minutes on a Sunday morning? Or do I live a life that builds a bridge between where I'm at and where God wants me to be? I've watched our 21-year-old daughter walk through this and fight for this her whole life. She now lives in Adelaide. She's probably watching. I love you, babe. 
she lives in Adelaide now at our Adelaide campus. She's spending some time over there, and I talked to her yesterday, and I'm like, babe, I've watched you use worship as a weapon since you were early teens. Could you write me your story of what worship means to you? Here's what she wrote. I know for a fact that worship is a weapon because I've experienced it. It isn't just a song for me. It's a peace that settles in my heart. Anxiety has been something I've struggled with for a long time. Sometimes there's, so, sometimes there's no warning before my brain switches to panic mode, sending me into a spiral. It's taken me a long time to understand these experiences and how to feel them without letting them control me. While I've sought support from friends and family and found a variety of dif different strategies, the one thing that works every time is worship. See, while catching on to every anxious thought and reframing it may be helpful, it's exhausting. And it isn't always the thoughts that are the problem to begin with. It's the feelings that threaten to sweep me away, making me unsteady and unsure of the ground I stand on. When trying to explain it to people, I've often like, likened it to a swarm of bees that storm in and overtakes me before I can tell the wind from the rain. But when I listen to worship music, I feel calm flood my spirit. The wind dies down, the storm ceases. It doesn't matter what song it is or even if it's real music or just me singing in my head. Worship places Jesus at the center of my soul. It provides my heart with a certainty that regardless of what I'm feeling right now, I'll be okay. In the past two months, I've quit my job, gone to another country, moved in with people I've never met, met and begun attending a church I'd only been to once. Every day brings new people, new experiences, new challenges. The person I was a few years ago probably wouldn't have even tried. But now I make the daily choice to not let myself be pulled under by every stray thought or overtaken by buzzing feelings. It's an easier choice now than it used to be, but it's still difficult. Because now all I have to do is play some worship music so my heart can be reminded of what it already knows, that feelings are temporary, but He is permanent. <laughs> worship. Worship. Worship brings a revelation of our Creator to, to gain a fresh perspective regardless of circumstance of who we are in Christ and worship can trump any challenge. I believe that God wants to reveal more of his character to us, to show us that he is loving, that he is kind, that in the face of uncertainty, he is certain. In the face of, in, if the face of discouragement, he is encouragement. That in any time of weakness, he is my strength. But the challenge is we compartmentalize worship to this. Yeah, but I haven't got Jeremy or Geneva. But I haven't got the lights and the sound and what's, what's going on? If we compartmentalize to worship to 25 minutes on a Sunday morning, we are ripping ourselves off of the greatest weapon that God has placed in your hand to get through every season and every time. If we would activate our worship. See, the truth is music is powerful. And music is emotive and 
In any moment, I can feel God because of what's going on in a room, but worship is more than a feeling. Worship is a heart engagement with the God who created you, the God who loves you, the God who's got a truth for your circumstance and a way forward for whatever it is that you are facing. Worship is an encounter with God through an engaged heart. Isaiah 29, 13 says this, the Lord says, these people come near me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have taught, that they have been taught. Here's what worship is. Worship is a heart that wants to adore. Worship is a heart that wants to magnify. Worship is a heart that wants to draw near. Here's my whole message in one sentence. I would love you to write it down and think about it this week. The character of God is revealed through my heart's response in worship. I think about Micah who battles anxiety on a regular basis, but when she worships, the heart of the character of God is not anxiety, the character of God is confidence. And her heart becomes confident reflecting his character, not when she YouTubes, not when she Googles, not when she has a discussion, when she postures her heart towards the God who created our heart. Friend, I want to talk to anyone online in Taronga, in the room, if you have hung up your harp on the poplar tree, maybe disappointment, maybe sadness, maybe regret has caused you to lay down a little bit of your worship, today is the day that we're going to pick our worship back back up and we are going to say, God, I want your character revealed to me as I engage my heart in the worship of you. Here's a few things of my revelation on worship. Number one, worship is about a posture. Worship is about a posture. I choose to access his presence. I choose to access his presence. You know, when Jesus died, the veil of the temple that was so high no man could reach it, that was so wide no man could rip it. You read the account. When Jesus died, that veil was torn from top to bottom. And that's the Father saying, no longer one man once a year come into my presence, but now my presence is available for any person, any time to choose to access the presence of their creator. I love the story in Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Isn't it funny that a woman who was sinful could easily get into a Pharisee's house? Just a side thought. As soon as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair, and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him 
and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Do you know, the woman was outcast. She was abused. She was rejected by society, by her own actions. And religion will tell you that your actions will disqualify you from the presence of God. Religion will tell you that the only way you can worship and choose to access his presence is to have it all right and to get it all together and be on the road and get yourself into a place. But Jesus says, it doesn't matter what your week has looked like, you can come into my presence and engage with who I am and I will lift you from where you are. It's not about how good you are, it's about how good Jesus is and regardless of your story you can worship him and have a heart engagement with him in one moment this lady pressed through fear pressed through prejudice and created one of the most intimate moments of worship in the bible amazing how religion said if this man were a prophet he would know who's touching him i want to encourage you today Jesus knows who's worshiping him. Online, Todonga, Jesus knows your story. And he wants a heart engagement of worship with you. It's not too dark. It's not too late. You haven't gone too far. He wants you to worship, to build a bridge to him so that all of who heaven is can flood into your life. Don't try and change yourself. Engage the greatest weapon you have. That's the weapon of worship and have a heart engagement with the God who created you and the only one who can change you. Is there anyone in church today who's grateful that regardless of my story, God accepts my worship. He wants me to endure him, to elevate him, to draw near to him. Remember, the character of God is revealed through my heart's response in worship. So number one, worship is a posture. I choose his presence. Number two, worship is a declaration. I choose to magnify Jesus. Do you know that at any moment we can choose to magnify something? We can magnify the challenge. We can magnify what's going on. We can magnify confusion. Or we can magnify the one who will get us through. I watched a clip this week of someone who captured this, uh, this video of inmates worshipping in a prison. It's captured on an iPhone, but check this out. You know the irony of that? 
is that's guys in prison sounding more free than people outside of prison because they are worshiping the God who created them. Worship is not about an external circumstance. Worship is about a heart connection. It's a declaration to the God who created you. Paul and Silas found themselves in prison at midnight. Why were they in prison? For preaching the gospel. Now, if you would forgive anyone for not worshiping, it'd be Paul and Silas. If you'd forgive anyone for feeling ripped off, God, I'm doing what you asked me to do, and I'm in prison. The Bible says at midnight, at midnight, at the darkest hour, at the toughest time, when you've had two surgeries in the past seven days, and you're at home recovering with a gallbladder, or you are in one of our campuses, and you're facing the darkest of days at midnight, Last week or two weeks ago, I was so encouraged when one of the ladies on our staff whose husband passed away just 10 days before, I looked behind me at our North Campus and she's like this in worship, declaring, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. My circumstance may change. I may be on the side of a river about to go into captivity, but I can declare your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness and your healing. I can declare who you are at midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You want to know how to witness? Just worship. Just declare how good He is. Declare heaven's reality over your circumstance. In the midst of marriage challenges, He is good. In the midst of a battle, He is good. In the midst of our kids doing things that we wish they wouldn't do, He is good. In the midst of an internal world that's in turmoil, He is good. Worship is a declaration as I choose to magnify Jesus. 2018, 2019, hadn't heard from my father in, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe five or eight years. And I was desperate to contact him. I tried everything, tried every number I had, tried every email address I had, tried every friend of a friend who I knew. And it was really starting to unsettle me on the inside. Like, where is he? And what if he's passed away? I didn't even know about it. And there's so much stuff that we need to resolve and talk about. And found myself getting anxious. So I would go on these walks and I would just put worship on. And I'd play this one Hillsong song over and over again. It says this, I will sing like a man with no sickness in my body, like no prison walls can hold me. I will sing like I am free. And friend, today there are people in this room, there are people online, and you may have a circumstance like these inmates that are holding you captive, but you can build a bridge through worship to the God who doesn't see you captive, but sees you free, sees you healed, sees you moving forward worship is a declaration the character of God is revealed through my heart's response in worship and he wants to reveal himself to you and I today friend pick up the harp go to the poplar tree go to disappointment and pick up the harp again back into COVID well I'm, 
pick up the harp again. I don't know how my business is going to make it. Pick up the harp again. My spiritual life isn't what it used to be. Pick up the harp again. My connection with God isn't what it used to be. Pick up the harp again. And a harp may not, may not look like this for you. A harp may look like a quiet room in a dark corner and your Bible open, and that's how you connect with God. Just discover how you connect with God and begin to declare who He is over your circumstance. Build a bridge between the seen and the unseen, the natural and the supernatural. I love what Pastor Paul says. We're not just believing for his cancer healing. We are believing for a floodgate of the supernatural to open over our church. Why? Because we're that good? No, because Jesus is that good. Number one, worship is a posture. Number two, worship is a declaration. Number three, worship is a weapon. I can choose to activate God's word. In 1 Chronicles chapter 20, there's a story of King Jehoshaphat who was over, ruling over Judah at the time. And there was a whole allied forces who were coming to take over Judah. And uh, in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, the, God says this to King Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. I love the Bible because the, the word Judah means praise. And the enemy was coming after their praise. And God says, the answer to the enemy coming after you is to stand firm and worship. Lift up the King of Kings. Lift up his name. Friend, what would your world look like this week if instead of looking at the challenge around you, you worship the God over you? Instead of being overwhelmed by the circumstance you don't understand, you build a bridge to the God who does understand and you declare his sovereignty and his power and you adore and magnify and I begin to draw close to all of who he is. Friend, God wants to reveal his character to you through your heart's response in a moment of worship. Can we stand all over the room? If you're in Tauranga, would you stand? If you're online and you can, would you stand with us? I have no doubt That on the tree of disappointment and confusion, some of us have hung up our worship. On the tree of regret, some of us have hung our worship. We've, we've hung it up, we've given it up, and today, it's a choice to pick it up again. Say, God, I'm going to worship you again. I'm going to choose a posture of worship. I'm going to choose a declaration of worship. And I'm going to choose to pick up the weapon of worship. And God, would you reveal 
your character to me. Where, there's, where there is anxiety, I'm prophesying right now. Some of you have struggled with anxiety and anxious thoughts and some of those things for years. And I want to encourage you, do what my daughter did. Talk to people, gain tools, gain all that sort of stuff. But above it all, learn worship and allow His character to be revealed through your heart's response in a moment of worship. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship for a few minutes. But we're going to have some of the team in just a moment come on down the front. And we're going to pray for anyone. who maybe you've walked through a season of hurt, disappointment, delay, denial, discouragement. You feel like you've let yourself down or someone else has let you down. And you actually need to get some prayer for that before you can pick your harp of worship up again. You need to submit that and say, God, I give this to you so that I can worship and posture my heart towards you again. So as the team lead us in just a moment, if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat. Come on down the front. We're going to pray for you and the rest of us. We're going to worship God. We are going to choose to posture ourselves. We are going to choose to declare His truth. And we're going to choose to pick up the weapon of worship and believe that His character is revealed in us and through us as we walk out of here. So ministry team, would you come on down the front? And Father, I pray. For every single person who has hung up their worship in the tree of disappointment, in the tree of challenge, in the tree of confusion of why me, God? Where are you, God? And God, I pray that today there would be a moment of exchange where a bridge is built between our reality and who you are. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you have your way? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.